closing time Open up the tunnel and let you out into the store Closing time Stand behind a curtain while a lady gets brass off the floor Closing time Yeah, yeah, so, yeah I'm just, I'm just, um, nothing. I'm not, do I'm not doing it. If you're doing what I think you're doing, that is the most obvious song you could ever pick. No, I'm not doing any singing. You're, you're the singer. I'm just, uh, I'm playing pl Plants vs. Zombies here. That's right. You better remember it because you don't want to go back in the hole again. Oh, look, there's one zombie chat with a bucket. He, that they're hard, so I'm going to use a sunflower on him. No, 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 use a magnet tree. Okay. Customer announcement A child has been found lost in the audio visual department. Are you his mummy? If you are, please report to customer services immediately. Thank you. Hello, listeners. It's Oodcast Series 4, Episode 5. My name is Andy, and to my opposite-ness is Chris Sigma. Hello, everyone. Glad to be with you again. And next to Chris, to his right, and therefore opposite me, sort of leftish, is Laura. I've got garlic in my eye. Ace. Oh, no, that's not ace. That's horrible. Yes. Yes, it hurts, but it's okay. I'll battle through. So okay. many months trying to teach her to eat garlic bread. It goes always goes wrong. <sighs> Just at the last minute. <sighs> and to my left, uh, well, he needs some introduction because this week we're talking about <laughs> closing time and to my left is Chris Stormageddon, Dark Lord of All, otherwise known as Chris Alf. I'm still ill. Some of you peasants are going to pay. That's like a week later. And you're still ill. You I need have some echinacea. Some kind of, I, I'm, I'm, gonna ha I'm having some kind of premonition that I may be ill next week too. Shocking. Blimey. As the 11th Doctor might say at the end of time. All right, stay still. Did you know there's like a, new, a YouTube clip of Sylvester McCoy doing how the 7th Doctor might do the Stonehenge speech? He mm. did it at a, com a convention. Ooh, I haven't seen it, but that sounds brilliant. Should wow. we have a look now? No. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording a podcast at the moment. And besides which, we don't have time for that. No, it's time because for it's time for the Oodcast News. Oodcast News. Oodcast News. Gaga, goo goo, gaga. Translation is the Oodcast News. The department store Selfridges has denied that they are suffering from an infestation of metal rats. It was apparently just a coincidence that the exterminator seen on the premises last week was holding a tin of brasso in one hand and a giant magnet in the other. Sources close to the cyber controller have today voiced their concerns about the current mental state of their leader. 
He's really worried about our ability to design a good henchman, said an unnamed associate. First the cyber shades turned out like cyber muppets, now the new cyber mats look about as dynamic as a croissant covered in tinfoil. We were going for ruthless killer, not French breakfast pastry. He's livid, or at least he would be if he still felt emotion. All the same, there's definitely a bad vibe there. It has been pointed out to the BBC that anyone buying the Series 6 Special Edition box set featuring a silent on the cover will forget they have it, thus buying another, and another, and so on. The BBC is delighted. Toy manufacturer Tony issues an urgent recall on their new line of Tamagotchis. The Ucast News, like a cosy papoose of facts in a world gone to hell. Customer announcement with the owner of the Canary Yellow Roadster, registration number Whiskey Hotel Oscar 1, please report to car park security. Not only was your vehicle parked illegally, but it has one of our security guards and it won't let him go. Thank you! So ladies and gentlemen, as we wander around... The floors of this amazing building with a torch. We are going to discuss closing time. So is the torch a metaphorical plot in that sentence? Like no. we're wandering around the plot, searching uh, out the meaning yes. of it with the torch. That's exactly of what I and critical the, thought. The floors are like layers of story. Layers of um, sem- semiotic. Semiotic depth and meta meaning. What's Um, the lift? um, Are there any lift shafts? Is that the moment of realization, aka the Eureka jumping out of bath? Where we're transported to a different plane. I like it. And the holes in the walls are literal plot holes. (laughs) (laughs) I was lost until you said that. I'm glad you. Yeah. What did we think of it? Any good? I loved it, personally. Yeah. I thought it was very sweet. I thought it was funny. It had me from You've Redecorated. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's an in-joke, listeners, if you don't know. From? Anything with multiple doctors in it. <laughs> <laughs> and I... also, also any interior design show. Ah, yes. Mm. What would if... Lawrence Wellant Bowen say of that? Probably not a lot. But I really like the Cybermat a lot. I really like it. I oh. kind of want to keep one as a pet. But at the same time, I don't, I don't even think it's not cute when it opens its tiny little mouth and does its taser impression. I think it looks a bit like those annoying internet cartoons where you have an orange that does the, hey, I'm an orange thing. You know, it reminds me a lot of that because its teeth are bad. <laughs> or, you know, there's that thing, I like the moon because it is close to us. Yeah, that, it's like that as well. I have n- literally no idea what you're talking about. Listeners, oh. if anyone does know <laughs> what Laura's talking about, please write in and let the rest of the cast know. Thank you. I was wondering why the Cybermen gave the Cybermats teeth. Yeah. Is it because they realise that it will scare humans? Well, I didn't like it. I liked it up until the point it bared its teeth. I thought they could have rescued it by putting braces on it, but they didn't. What so else were they going to give it? Like a braces? finger? It would be what? a cuser mat? Pointy mat? More teeth, teeth with braces. Yeah. <laughs> it was the only way they could have rescued that for me was putting braces on the side mat. But apart from that, I'd, I'd, it was like the, um, what were they called? The cyber shades that were basically shag pile rugs with sandwich toasters on them. Upgraded uh, the, uh, rugs. I, I'm not sure. It, it's rugs upgrading 0. something that maybe doesn't need upgrading. 
Cybermats never looked great, though, did they? No, but they didn't really need to, did they? But you could bake a whole row of them, you know, when you're making bread. And, you know, <laughs> like for a party or something. Staff announcement. With security, please report to the ground floor window display. The mannequins are getting all shooty again. Thank you. Do you know what? I saw a comic recently that kind of reminded me of Cybermats. It's called We Three, and it's about three household pets who get converted into killing cyborg robots. It's written by Grant Morrison. It's very good. And also drawn by Frank Quietly. So if you haven't seen that, it's very good, isn't it? Yeah, mm. I liked it. There's a there's a rabbit that poos grenades. That's right. That's what the kind of level it is. We, we three. three. And do you know what? If the Cybermat had pooed grenades everywhere, I mean, admittedly, it would have made the story a lot shorter and more explosive, obviously, but might have been a bit more threatening. I think we've missed the point, guys. I really do, because I don't think the threat in this one is really the meat of the story in any way whatsoever. I think this is a character piece. I think it's about sparkling dialogue, great interaction and about a doctor who is facing something he's never faced before the absolute inevitability of his own death and how he acts out and and faces that and uh what that means to him and that sort of thing Mm. so i agree that everything anything with cyber in it any of that part of it it's it's not great but it's not what the episode's about for me uh, and there's so many bits in it with brilliant dialogue. Um, we just watched it again. So the bit with the robot dog, I thought mm-hmm. was brilliant. All the bit about Craig and the noticing face. And the doctor walking down the street towards the TARDIS going, I'm not noticing, I'm not noticing, I'm just going to leave. The the, the I speak baby again. Yes. With, with the, he prefers to be called Stormageddon, Dark Lord of All, and you're called Not Dad, uh, Not Mum. Oh, that was really nice. Yeah, I just think... It is. It's it's a character piece. I agree with Chris. And I think that what I would have liked it to have been is to have no threat, actually. I think it would be nice to have had that whole two men and the baby thing. And they're chasing after something that turns out to be completely innocuous. Like, I don't know, something... Asbestos. Yes. No, that's not that's innocuous. That's not that's innocuous. You can get mesothelioma <laughs> from that, can't you? Mm. Well, that's true. I don't, I I don't know if that's actually something bad or a form funny. of salad dressing. But if, if they got to the end of the story, it was like, <laughs> it was no threat at all, if actually. It, it but didn't we have a laugh? Actually, just children dressed up as Cybermen. Yeah. I don't know. They didn't really pose that much of a threat anyway, did they? Not no, really. Not, not, not especially. I mean, they it was were a over, bit bobbins. Let's just get this over with. The ending is really, really naff. Yeah, and they repeat the word emotional far too much. It's like, oh, what are you scared of? Emotions, perhaps? I think it's nice. I like it. I don't mind it at all. Oh, no, no. So I'm just it, saying that that part of it, just put it to one side. Mm. The rest of the episode, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Loved it. I yeah. think the reason the ending seems naff is because it comes three, four weeks after another one that ended in almost exactly the same way. Night Terrors. Night Terrors. Yeah. If it was a different series, I think it may not have been quite as naff as it seemed, but it seems to be a, re- a recurring theme in this series. Mm. How awesome dads are and how much we save the world and stuff. Yeah, Sorry, whatever. Sorry, they save the world. Well, no, you're allowed to say we. <laughs> yeah, because, you so. know, small union child. Union rules, I have to <laughs> say that once. There's a mother's union, isn't there? Is there a father's union? There's Fathers for Justice... But uh, they uh, like um, to dress up in interesting things. Um, that, that would be great if Fathers for Justice were the ones that save the day one week. <laughs> Maybe they'd let them see their children. Yeah. 
Hurrah. <laughs> hey, did anybody else notice when the doctor did his um, cross my hearts thing? For some reason, that always rem- that, well, I've seen it twice now. And do you know what my brain instantly goes to? Mm. Wearing bondage tape over his nipples. Mm. I don't know why. <laughs> it just does. That was a very knowing noise, Andy. Well, I, I was thinking, you know, this. I know this I is going know. somewhere in that direction. <laughs> Fair enough. Not that you're predictable, Laura. Oh, never, never. I think Laura's anything but predictable. <laughs> <laughs> the very last thing she is is predictable. Also, the other I don't know thing... what she's going to say next. Let's no. see. Okay, the other thing. When the cyber man was in the changing rooms and you see the silhouette, do you know what my first thought was? No. There's somebody wearing calipers. Maybe they have been suffering from polio. That really was the first thing you thought? Yes. Even though you were watching Doctor Who and yes. you knew that the Cybermen <laughs> were in this episode, when you saw the silhouette, you thought, definitely <laughs> someone in calipers. It could be. It could <laughs> See, be, you know, a You quality. weren't expecting her to talk about calipers. No, though, I wasn't. You were right. I thought... You never know what's going to come from Laura. It's great. I thought it was a guy with a huge sort of brace. You know, were those braces... Mm. With the outside braces that hold the whole thing in check when they've had massive work done. That's what I thought it was. The I other didn't really, thing, I thought it was a cyber movie, yes. <laughs> the other thing was the shop assistant had far too high heels on for a shop assistant. Really? I mean, admittedly, they were quite killer, but they were about four inches high. And if you're a shop assistant and you know you're going to be standing all day, why would you wear four-inch heels? Mm, maybe she's not really a shop assistant. Maybe this will be revealed next week. No, hold on, we've seen next week. So uh, maybe th- it will be revealed in Series 7. I thought she was a supervisor, therefore probably spent most of the day sitting on her backside watching other people do the work. Is she the one that the doctor manages to shh and unshush a couple of times? Nope. I thought that was quite funny, the way he says it only works once. (laughs) He does it to her twice. Three times. Was it three times? A lady. lady. Uh, He does it on Craig twice as well. Customer announcement. You'll love our half-price sale on all steaks at our in-store butchers. We just got a massive delivery. Praise him. Do you know what I quite like? Even though I know that it is James Corden, the actor, playing him, I just think of him as Craig. Even though I think that there was a a large degree of overacting happening, particularly in the initial, I don't know what to do, I've got a baby, and everything's so crazy, oh! There was quite a lot of overacting happening then. No, 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 every weekend after Luke Spawn was like that. (laughs) Really? Every single weekend. Cybermen every weekend. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I, yeah, there was an element of overacting. There was a, it, but I think that was perfectly in character with Craig. Actually, he did it in the in the lodger. Yeah. Mm. The guy's got great comic timing. Whatever you yeah. think of him, he nails comic beats yeah. brilliantly. I, totally, I have, totally nails. That I, I was very uncertain of him in the last series, and I liked him then. I think I can't quite remember that far back. I don't think I was scathing anyway. Um, I, I don't I, think you could be scathing. You're like a little kitten. <laughs> I can't imagine it. I can't imagine it. I think you'd just like kind of go up and maybe bat him around with your little, yeah. Yeah. well, It'd little be like cute being paw. stroked by a warm flannel. I might in this. I, I, I thought he was brilliant in this, and now I shall go and play with this ball of wool. Oh, <laughs> oh, kittens! Oh. I like it when kittens make an appearance. Hey, the other thing being that a baby didn't do too badly, did it? Good baby acting. It regenerated a couple of times, though, I think. Did it? Mm, different babies. <gasps> Fancy. Mm. That is clever stuff. Maybe it's secretly River. There's a, there's a part where um, he shushes the baby and it just shuts up. I was just wondering how many takes that might have taken to get it to do that. <laughs> Probably a few. Yeah, I guess you just kept doing it, didn't you, until, yeah. until it worked. 
That's like that Darren Brown thing where he did a trick, didn't he, where he sort of flipped a coin 20 times and it came up heads every time. And all he did was he just kept doing it until it happened. Oh, yeah, but you, that's um, not that hard to... It, it, it's to do with the strength of your flick and which way up you put the coin. Cause really? you can, you a can better example yeah. would be when he uh, got a lady to predict the names of winning horses but and she won and then it turned out that he'd done the same thing with sort of 30, 40 other people and just filmed the reaction of one lady. That's the one it. I was thinking of. Also, say you had three doors and behind two were goats and behind one there yeah, was a car and you picked a door and someone opened one of the other doors revealing a goat what would you do? Would you stick with the door you had or would you change doors? Depends how much you want milk. No, Good you want point. the car. No, no, I, oh, I, I really car. like milk. I like goat's milk a lot. Well, could you put the goats in the boot of the car then? You don't. You only get one of them. Are we and okay, I no, personally so would be going for, for the goat. Theoretically, for this, you want the car. Hmm. So you've chosen the door. I can't drive though. One of the goats has been taken off. What is your best chance? What's your best strategy for getting the car? For me, it's to go off stage and nick the goat that's already been taken away. That is my best strategy for the for, game. For getting the car? No, for getting some lovely goat's milk. <laughs> the yeah. best strategy is to change doors because there's a two-thirds chance that that will be the car and only a one-third chance that it's the goat. Lost me. Oh. The first door you chose, <clears throat> there was a one in three chance that that was the one. Um, but when someone else has chosen one and it turns out to be a goat, you now have basically a two-thirds chance of that one in the middle mm-hmm. mm. is the one you want. Mm. Maths is fun, isn't it? Hmm? Maths is mental. And goats are fun too. Tall and ten and young and lovely The girl from Ipanema goes walking And when she passes each one she Sanderson and Granger customer service. How can I help you today? Do you sell egg whisks? I'm sorry, I see our kitchen department is out of stock. How about sink plungers? Afraid not. Colanders? It's not your lucky day, is it? Replacement car indicator lights? No. Photon disruptors? Third floor, just past menswear. Thank you. Next. Hello, Miss. Could you direct me towards the fridge freezers? Appliances are one floor up, right off the escalators. I am most grateful. Next. Hello, little fella. What do you want? The last sow to address me in that condescending tone ended up wearing her lungs as a pair of earmuffs. Oh, aren't you precious? If you continue to address me in this disrespectful manner, I will bring the full might of my clone stock down on your feeble human head. How can I help you today, darling? Do you sell Peppa Pig DVDs? The children's department is on the fourth floor. Aren't you a clever boy for saving up your pocket money? Mark my words, you and your spine are lucky I have more important matters to occupy me. Like what Susie Sheep got Pepper for her birthday. Next. 
Hi there. <laughs> I hope you can help me. I'd like to return this silver rat toy. Can I ask what the problem was? Yes, of course. Uh, terrible business, actually. But when my son opened it, it immediately leapt up and decapitated the dog. Oh, that does sound like a fault. Well, then it short-circuited all the electrical equipment in the house and attacked my wife's slippers. Oh, no. They were my wife's favourite. She's dreadfully upset. I can imagine. Then it burned down the house. Would you like a replacement? A replacement house? (laughs) I'm joking, of course. Mm. Of course, sir. No, I did mean a replacement toy. Mm, Better not. My wife really loved those slippers. Do you have the receipt on you? No, I think it must have burned up with all my otherworldly possessions. Then I'm afraid I can't offer you a refund, only a replacement. Nuts. Or maybe gift vouchers? Ah, sold. Uh, Do you sell women's slippers by any chance? Fifth floor, we have a wide selection. Thanks. You've been really helpful. My pleasure, Sir, next. Do you sell skin moisturizer? That's only funny if people know that's your Silurian voice. Next. The scene I thought was was particularly sweet and very very nicely done was when the doctor has to go up and. Quiet and Alfie down when Craig's out. Oh, yes. Yeah. The doctor realises actually he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. His mannerisms yeah. when he walks in, when he puts a thumbs up yeah. to try and calm him down and then just carries on and waves a rabbit in his face was very. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, very reminiscent of somebody who doesn't know what to do with a baby. <laughs> but also the little speech that he gives it was kind of quite train spotting, wasn't it? Yeah. Choose it's... a nine to five and wondering about that existential dread. And all of that. Have you seen Train Spotting? I have, I have. There's a baby in that as well. Yeah, it crawls across the ceiling in a rather disturbing way. I love the Matt Smith, James Corden double act a lot. I take great joy of seeing two actors riffing off each other to that very great extent. Um, It was, yeah, it was just pure joy. Made a pure joy. 45 minutes that. Customer announcement. Would customers in the book department please refrain from being stripped of all their flesh and falling over? Thank you. Hey, does anybody know what petrichor is? Mm. Oh, yes, the perfume. Um, Isn't that a a word from um, the doctor's wife? We were going to Google it before we started recording, but we forgot. Was it the password? It was the password for the TARDIS, wasn't it? Oh, well, it means, it literal, literally, I think it means dust after the rain. Smell of dust after the rain. The independent right. adjudicator is nodding her head. The smell, oh yes, yes, we have an independent adjudicator with us today. We completely forgot to introduce her. That's because she hasn't got a microphone. Ah. You shouldn't have nodded your head if you didn't want to mentioning. <laughs> would, would you like to introduce our, our <coughs> special guest, Mr. Alpha? Well, Penny's saying no. Right. Okay. okay, we so won't we'll, introduce Penny then. We'll just let Penny. Yeah. Uh, so as if Penny isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. No one will know. Drops the Penny. Just ignore Penny. <laughs> oh, oh, Penny in the air. Penny drops. <laughs> Penny in the air. I bet you loved that episode. Hey. <laughs> anyway, um, who loved on? the episode? There is nobody there. Sorry. Good point. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. Torches. Are you just reading my notes? Because so far you've just come up with stuff <laughs> that I put down. That's what you've been doing, isn't it? Um, yes. 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 But you would lean it in front of her. That's, that is true. <laughs> okay, let's not talk about George. Uh, George? 
let's talk about George. No. <laughs> I, the doctor compliments him on his sort of cagoule slash wind cheater thing. I don't like it very much. I Those things always suit. give men a sort of a paunch. Okay, like I can see from this stage that it is a slight episode, isn't it? We've, <laughs> we've sort of gone through it and we've said basically everything that we need to say from it. Wonderful character piece, mm-hmm. an interesting um, portrait of the Doctor in a state that he's never been in before, as feared for his life. The script was marvellous. The script was marvellous. The danger was a little bit naff, mm. but we still, I think Andy put it best when he said, 45 minutes of magic? Joy. Joy, joy. that was it. Joy. Joy. 45 minutes of joy. Well, a great little episode. There was something that had come up, I think... I got this from listening to another podcast, but it, they were talking about where the Cyberman's the Cybermen's ship would have come from, and they asked whether or not it was possible that it was one that Adric crashed into the Earth in Earthshock. <gasps> oh, maybe. Hey, can I just say one more thing that I quite liked? Yeah. I like that whole, yes, Craig, it's you, it's always been you, now I'm going to kiss you. <laughs> yeah. and, and then that funny thing he did with his lips was very amusing for yeah. me. Yes, I haven't done this in ages, but I've had very good feedback. <laughs> I liked his squeaky voice. Yeah, yes, I do that. In the lift. <laughs> There's nothing like a little bit of homoeroticism on a Saturday night. Indeed, with James Corden. So, yes, so all in all, in all, in all, then, um, it was a great laugh, wasn't it? And it was kind of like, like oddball. I like an oddball episode from now and again. It was, if the TARDIS is a genre machine, this was sort of 1950s screwball comedy again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably something with uh, Lemon, Jack Lemon and the other guy. Yeah, yeah it was probably yeah. something with Lemon. Yeah. No, n- not quite enough uh, cross-dressing to be one of those. <laughs> almost. Well, hang on. At one point, doesn't he hold up a bra against himself? Oh, no, that's the girl. He hides behind a rack of bras. That'll do. And it, maybe a, enough. a hint of the Father Ted. Oh, yes. <laughs> the Christmas special. Mm. He has to lead them out of the, the lingerie department. The bra and knickers section. <laughs> that is the largest knicker section I've ever seen in any shop. Well, they say it's the largest in Western Europe, don't they? Oh, my goodness. I didn't even know that. I've watched that too many times. There's there's a song on YouTube that is quite amusing about lingerie sections. How does it go, Loz? Should we look at it now? It goes like this. The ladies' bras, the ladies' boobs, the ladies' knickers and the ladies' bums. The ladies' bras, the ladies' bums, the ladies' bodies and the ladies' boobs. Like that. Basically, I for wish, a while. I wish the listeners could see mine and Chris Sigma's faces. A look of bafflement and... Bemusement? Bemusement. And Abject horror. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I enjoyed the way you rolled your eyes when Andy asked to see it. <laughs> There's an awful lot. There's a whole visual layer to this podcast that people miss. Customer announcement. There's something on your back. It's this season's hottest fashions. Turn left from the fourth floor escalator for bargains on designer clothes in our women's wear department. Thank you. I was going to say that all in all, that episode was kind of the daft, fun, joyous calm before the storm. Ageddon. Mm. Join us in the next episode. Hold on. I haven't done the haiku. Here's Chris's haiku. <gasps> the haiku for closing time. Metal men and rats steal some personal shoppers. Craig's love wins again. Oh, nice, nice, oh. nice. Ah, oh. <laughs> now you can finish. Conversion complete. What do you think? I am unsure. You.
will turn to your left. Have you tried it in black? Negative. Do you think it would suit me? It would bring out the darkness of your eye recesses. You don't think it would just mask my angular joints? Not if you get the right size. I shall try this. Are you wearing shoulder pads? Negative. It is just the way my armored shell sits on the arm structure. I like those shoes. They go well with the black. Thanks. What about the bag? That should be deleted. Stay your purpose. It clashes with the silver of your chest units. What if I put a big C on it? You know? The Cyberman? Tacky. You would look ridiculous. Explain. We are Cybermen, not quarks. What's that supposed to mean? It is pink and not big enough to fit a data stamp in. And it does nothing to disguise the flares we have built into our leg structures. I thought they were called. They were. To humans. Forty years ago. What if I wore them with a caftan? Or a paisley shirt? No. I could add some platform shoes. Am I going to have to delete you? Oh. Well, what about the red swishy dress with black heels? That would not work. State your reason. Your buttock plating would look enlarged in that. You are not hating my self-esteem. Um, can I have a request? Yes. I, today I heard tell of another English programme that I love very much, Lee. I would quite like to do the theme tune Antics to play Roadshow. us out. Okay, well, bye from me. Bye from me, Andy. Bye. <sighs> Goodbye from me. Storm at getting dark, <laughs> Lord of all. And bye from me, Laura. Dumpty 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 da, dumpty dumpty da da, dumpty 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 da, rumpty dumpty da, rumpty dumpty 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 da, rumpty dumpty 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 da. Can I see your tickets, please, madam? Yes, I've got a second-class ticket to Ambridge. It will be upgraded. Hi there, listeners. It's Chris Sigma here. Um, It's very late at night and I'm doing the edit on this episode. And all of what you've just heard was recorded a long time ago. So we're really sorry that it's taken us so long to get this episode out. And we promise from this moment on, we're going to be much more regular and we hope you'll forgive us and stay with us. Uh, What I wanted to say quickly was we have obviously this week's episode and next week we're going to do The Wedding of River Song. And uh, the one after that will be our 50th episode, which is ridiculous, really, that we've been going for 50 episodes. And we thought we'd do a best of. And what we need you to do is to tell us what you think our best songs were or our best sketches. If you could send in a bit of audio saying, you know, an introduction to one of the sketches or songs, that would be brilliant. Otherwise, if you could email us at the Oodcast, all one word, all lowercase, at me.com and say things that you liked, or maybe just send us a message. That is traditional for Doctor Who podcasts, um, to throw open our audio doors on a big anniversary episode like our 50th. So thanks for sticking with us, and see you soon. Right, I guess uh, we should do a a song. Uh, So here is Laura with a song. The flicker in the evening Of all the electric lights Are rolling by like blackouts now 
And it makes me want to cry My name is Stormageddon Peasant, I am so confused Where is the slave who brings the milk? We are truly
announcement. Whoever it is who has seen fit to put the angel statues in the garden centre, you should know that we have the entire area under CCTV surveillance. You won't get away with... Wait. Oh, well, well, that isn't possible. It looks like they're reaching out of the... Ah!